Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi there. Welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from our slightly different perspective. You know, as I've embarked on starting some new aquariums lately, I've taken the time to contemplate the way I want to approach my tanks. And of course, when you're starting new aquariums, uh, you have to think about those sequences and the processes by which they establish themselves and evolve. Now, we think about our botanical style aquariums over the long term. And when we think about them, they will evolve in many ways, much like a natural river or stream does without much intervention on our part. And we've talked about this idea to the point where you're probably sick about hearing it. Yet, over the long term, the very long term, our aquariums do change materially from when they first established themselves. For example, as water flow decreases, plants might grow differently. As substrate begins to take on a life of its own, with more life forms growing in its matrix, fishes will forage for supplemental food items in it. As wood begins to soften, releasing more tannins into the water, the water darkens. Leaves and botanicals start to decompose, enriching the environment with humic acids, tannins, and other organic materials. Algae, although often dreaded, grow based on the available nutrients waxing and waning. Biofilms emerge, uh, you know, providing supplemental food for the aquarium's inhabitants and nutrient processing via bacterial assimilation. And you'll be involved with this stuff, too. You'll interact with your aquariums. You'll play some role in uh, their evolution, the progress and growth. Hopefully, you'll strike a balance between doing too much and too little, or better yet, an understanding as to why these things appear and what it really means to your tank. No two aquariums are alike, and this is a foundational piece of aquarium keeping. Yeah, a dance. Now, this idea of breaking in, cycling, and managing aquariums as they establish has been understood, analyzed, and studied since the dawn of modern aquarium keeping. Sure, there might be a dozen different variations of the sequences, approaches, and details, but essentially it's all the same. Not all that much new to discuss here. The phases of our tank's evolution that I'm interested in for the context of this discussion are the ones which seem to occur long after an aquarium is cycled, broken in, and otherwise well-established, specifically in the context of the botanical-style aquariums that we play with. These more mature phases are fascinating to me. They represent the aquarium at some point of ecological maturity, when the biological processes that are so crucial are stable and well-established. This aspect of the environmental dance is well-rehearsed. We kind of have it down cold. Now, without going into any one of the dozens of aspects of a mature aquarium's definition, let's just say it's a system where you're not on the edge about it every day and leave it at that. Of course, an aquarium that utilizes botanicals as a good part of its hardscape follows a set of phases too. And I found that once a botanical-style aquarium, blackwater brackets, etc., hits that sort of stable mode, it's just that, stable. You won't typically see wildly fluctuating pH level, you know, levels, nitrates, phosphates, etc. To a certain degree, the aquarium has achieved some sort of biological equilibrium. We all understand this idea in all sorts of aquariums, I know. Now, one thing that's unique about the botanical-style approach is that we tend to accept the idea of decomposing materials accumulating in our system. We understand that they act, to a certain extent, as fuel for the micro and macrofauna which reside in the aquarium. I've long been 
you know, one that believes that if you decide to let the botanicals remain in your aquarium to break down and decompose completely, that you shouldn't change course by suddenly removing the material all at once. Why? Well, I think my theory is steeped in the mindset that if you've, you know, created a little microcosm and if you start removing a significant amount of someone's food or for that matter, their home, there's bound to be a net loss of biota, a breakdown, if you will, of something in the system. And this could lead to a disruption of the very biological processes that we're aiming to foster. Okay, it's a theory, but I think I might be onto something, maybe. So, like, here's my theory in more detail. If you look at the botanical-style aquarium, like any aquarium, of course, as a little microcosm with processes and life forms dependent upon each other for food, shelter, and other aspects of their existence, then I really believe that the environment of this aquarium, because it relies on these materials, leaves, seed pods, etc., is more thoroughly influenced by the quantity, condition, and composition of said material, just like in natural aquatic ecosystems. The botanicals are a real base for the little microcosm that we create. And of course, by virtue of the fact that they contain other compounds, you know, the aforementioned tenons, humic substances, lignans, etc., they also serve to influence the water chemistry of the aquarium, the extent to which is dictated by a number of things, including the starting point of the source water used to fill the tank. So in short, I think the presence of botanicals in our aquariums is multifaceted, highly influential, and of extreme importance for the stability, ecological balance, and efficiency of the tank. All part of the little dance that, although important to monitor, is not necessarily something that we as hobbyists have to intervene in. We do quite a bit when we simply perform our regular water exchanges, filter media replacements and cleanings, and occasional plant trimmings. In fact, I sometimes wonder if that's all we need to do. So why not simply enjoy what's happening in our, in, you know, in our aquariums as they evolve? I know that for many years I perennially overthought this stuff instead of just enjoying it. Active monitoring is a great way to run a tank, in my humble opinion. You do the necessary functions to keep things stable and consistent, and little more. Just observe, enjoy, seed some of the work to nature. She's really good at this stuff. Watching a display aquarium evolve and sort of find itself naturally over time is proving to be one of the most enjoyable discoveries I've made in this hobby in decades. By simply following established maintenance routines and monitoring what's occurring in the tank as opposed to constantly trying to intervene to preempt what we in the hobby have commonly perceived to be problems, I've personally had more stable systems, more growth, more success than ever before. It's all a dance for sure. A lot going on. A complicated dance. Yet it's hardly a difficult one to understand, or to perfect for that matter. Rather, it's rooted in over a hundred years of aquarium best practices, the laws of nature, and good old common sense and practical work. Conduct you know, regular water exchanges. Stock your aquarium carefully. Feed precisely. Observe be habitual about these things. They're hammered into our heads from day one. We know these things. We're pretty good at them too. Yet, I think little energy is spent discussing the merits of why. I mean, it's great that we execute on these practices. However, I think we it would be even more beneficial to understand why it's so good to do these things. And further, we almost never see discussions about how nature, if allowed to do some of its own work, will help us manage and evolve systems with tremendous success. At dance for sure. Why haven't we looked at it like this for so long? Well, I don't think that there's any mystery here. Rather, maybe it's because we haven't really thought much about this stuff in terms of how it actually is beneficial as opposed to detrimental. And how not, you know, despite not being the most attractive things in the world, that stuff like biofilms, detritus, and decomposition 
are beautiful, natural, and incredibly important components and processes in our closed systems if we give them a chance. Honestly, over the years, it seems to me that we spend so much time resisting and fearing the appearance of some of this stuff that it's not even given a chance to display its good side for us. Biofilms, fungal growth, afuks, decomposition. Is this stuff in, you know, inevitable, natural, perhaps even beneficial in our aquariums? Is it something that we should learn to embrace and appreciate instead of revile and resist? Isn't it all part of a natural process, function, and yeah, aesthetic that we have to understand to appreciate? Extra points for this one. You ever tried to rear fry in a tank filled with decomposing leaves and biofilms? Try it. Question it. Work with it. But try it. In general, ask yourself why this stuff works. Search for answers. There's a lot out there beyond what you read in most aquarium hobby literature. Study natural aquatic ecosystems of tropical streams and other bodies of water. You'll likely be fascinated and inspired. The botanical style aquarium that we play with is perhaps the first of its kind in the hobby to really say, hey, this stuff is just like nature. It's not that bad. And perhaps it's the first to make us think, perhaps there's a benefit to all this. I think that there most definitely is. Accepting that there is most definitely a dance in our aquariums and becoming an active monitor instead of an active intervener (laughs) has added a new and rewarding aspect to my love of the hobby. I think that this approach to the dance not only makes you a more engaged hobbyist, it gives you a remarkable appreciation for the long-term evolution of an aquarium, an appreciation for the pace by which nature operates and the direction which your aquarium goes. Monitoring versus intervening. It's an interesting, if not critical, choice in the path towards aquarium success. Yeah, it's all part of the dance, isn't it? Don't resist it. Embrace it. Study it. Rejoice in it. Stay curious. Stay engaged. Stay thoughtful. Stay diligent. And stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman. Thanks very much for stopping by. I appreciate your listening to us. I appreciate all the wonderful support we've gotten from our community. And I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.